You are listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. The implementation process. The many terrifying stories regarding implementation cycles associated with EMRs. Can there be a happy ending? Welcome to the business of medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm with Kevin Tolan Shepper, who has worked in the practice management field for nine years. He now leads the team that implements and supports Athena Health's clinical software and services called Athena Clinicals. As a member of the product team, he is also responsible for ensuring that the needs of clients around the country are heard and incorporated into the product. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Kevin, as someone who is an expert in the practice management industry, can you define the different types of EMR services available to us? It's best thinking of it in a, in a binary sense, I think. For me, uh, it helps to think of it along the lines of the traditional and then the service-based model. So you have most of the industry presenting uh, software-only models that are costly, they're difficult to implement, and vendors provide little, if any, support uh, in those endeavors. The service-based model, which Athena Health offers, is unique and important because it vests the, the vendor, uh, in this case, what we believe is the partner, with the physician practice in the success of that practice. So we aren't successful unless our practices are successful, and it really changes the perspective that we have on the sale. We're not looking for sales just to sell more. We're looking for uh, a way to help physicians gain control of their business, help them expand their business if that's, if that's what they're looking for. It really helps us put on a consultative approach uh, during the implementation. So uh, we have a big focus on the implementation process and, uh, and helping our clients navigate the, the change of implementing an EMR. So let's talk about the implementation process. I've read many scary stories in medical journals, and I was wondering if you could share with us one of your scary stories. Sure. Well, it, it all boils down to change management. No matter what the vendor is, no matter what they're offering, implementing uh, software and services uh, requires lots of change. And uh, some practices are, are better and less suited for that kind of change. The, the key is that uh, if the vendor is not an active part of the change process, then the risks are much more severe. So we've definitely had uh, our own scary stories. And, and fortunately, because of our involvement and our partnership with the practices, we're able to work through those situations. We've had, we've had situations where our practices haven't been, from an administrative perspective, ready for the massive amounts of change in process and technology that they're getting into. But with our implementation, our project managers uh, and consultants are able to work with the practice for whatever time they need to ensure that they make the right decisions to navigate through that so that uh, a situation that could break a partnership apart at a practice or cause a significant loss in investment makes those, those situations uh, uh, less risky. How long is the implementation cycle from, let's say, I decide I want to get an EMR in my office? How long does it take to actually get it up and running? For many EMRs, it's months, if not years, whether it's a long wait from the time a, a practice signs and puts down a, a large deposit or, uh, and then engages in an implementation process with little guidance, uh, and, and they end up sort of wandering around the implementation process for many months. Uh, with us, we're, we're very focused on, on delivering uh, the things that a practice needs to achieve results. And again, we're there with them the entire time. So our, our implementations tend to take no more than uh, two to four months, depending on the practice's size and complexity. You know, what kind of things can you do to prepare for this 
transition, I, I, you mentioned that you have to be willing to change. But let's say that it's very difficult for you to accept change and you have a difficult practice, you know, besides changing. What else what else can you do to help the ease the pain of transition? That's a great a great question. And 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 the change is is an important aspect but if you can select a partner uh, to provide you with excellent professional services in your implementation, they're going to help you through that change. And so the things that you can do in advance of even selecting who that partner is going to be is to really understand your own practices, processes, so that there aren't surprises when they're surfaced. Uh, an important thing that some of our most successful practices have done is to, in detail, document all of their workflows and document the differences between different providers and, and pods within the practice operate so that they know those things ahead of time and can start addressing those situations before selection. It seems very a uh, huge task to undertake for doctors to actually look at their own behavior. It is, uh, but I, I'm not sure that it's the doctor, him or herself, that needs to be leading that process. And so having an administrator or a, a clinical lead that has the time to execute that short-term project is, is important. And it's also good to have a separate set of eyes inspecting these processes because uh, it ends up being a little bit less emotional of a process than if a, a physician were inspecting uh, his or her own practice. We're talking about different types of EMRs. Um, Kevin, does one of them have an advantage in terms of cost, uh, in terms of implementation, and perhaps return on investment? Absolutely. Upfront costs are a significant consideration. And if you find a, a service-based implementation, uh, you're likely to run into uh, somewhat lower costs. Implementation fees are directly based on the valuable professional services provided uh, at Athena. And for us in particular, it's not a profit center. We're not looking to make our business viable on our implementations. Our implementations are reserved for helping our, our clients succeed. So I think that uh, you'll find with a company like Athena, the implementation fees are a fraction of the cost of traditional software vendors, but are far more successful. How many EMRs are out there these days? How many? What's the competition like? There are a number of different vendors, and in fact, many of them have chosen to focus on larger institutional aspects of the market because it's easier. Uh, the sale is, is, is much better facilitated because of the, uh, the large budgets that, that hospitals uh, have to uh, spend on these types of implementations. So we actually see that there are not many players in the in the small practice market simply because practices don't have the money to pay exorbitant implementation fees and unnecessary technological costs. We're we're very focused on on that segment of the market. The core of our business is helping private physician practices. The focus uh, that we have is directly related to the types of businesses that that these providers have, and uh, I think the solutions that they're looking for and that will suit their business as well are, are found with companies like ours. So let's say that the group is prepared to get the EMR in place. As you know, every medical practice is different, but you know there's common hurdles that all practices face during the implementation process. So what, what are a few of those hurdles to be anticipated? Change, 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 change. And change. And also change. I, I think... Um, not to belabor the, the change point, but it, it is the most critical aspect of an implementation of something like this. There are a couple important areas that providers really need to think about and, uh, and will present hurdles during the process. One obvious one is the incorporation of technology into the patient encounter. Providers for years have had only a piece of paper between them and a patient, and to introduce a computer can be very disruptive. 
So providers need to think about each of their own philosophies in the exam room and how they can integrate technology uh, in their experiences with their patients. A lot of providers feel that technology creates a wall between them and their patients, and uh, some expert advice on, on how to bring the technology into the, into the relationship softly is an important aspect of, of implementation, and, and our experiences and our consultative approach would uh, help providers develop that style, and it varies from provider to provider, not practice to practice. Other hurdles um, uh, you know, around change are process redesign and, um, and identification and changing of weak processes. It's, it's painful because people who have been at their practices for a long time are very invested in, in the way things are done. It's a very personal thing to them, so um, it's important to uh, address change in a human way so that, uh, that people can feel a part of the process and feel uh, that they own some part of, of this new change. So once this new change takes place and you have your EMR in place, what kind of uh, exciting things can we expect down the pike? Lots of excitement. I think, um, I think that the, the EMR market is, is very, very young. I think that uh, we're going to see adoption start to increase, but uh, there's going to be an exodus down the road from vendors who just didn't get it and who've been going just far too deep into the wrong holes. I, I think what we can expect is a very, a very busy market a lot of change uh, of, of vendors of software, and then along with myriad federal regulations and private insurance company incentives and uh, new requirements for reporting of data and, frankly, uh, higher patient standards for, for care and consistency are going to really put a focus on uh, on how, how practices utilize their technology. And, and going it alone with just software isn't going to allow practices, particularly small ones, navigate the, the changes in the industry very well. They need, they need a partner. Kevin, the, with all these changes going about, we talked a little bit earlier about the paper performance uh, initiatives and consumer-directed healthcare kind of impacting EMRs, and I'm wondering if certain EMRs can adapt to those better than others and allow the practice to find itself in a better financial situation. The answer is certainly yes. Uh, pay-for-performance programs are still not very prevalent in most areas of the country. And considering the thousands of private payers that there are, very few have introduced these types of, of, of incentive programs. But imagine that many payers did begin to introduce those programs. Keeping track of them, enrolling your providers in them, and ensuring that you follow the proper procedures and reporting requirements to follow them uh, and, and, and benefit from the the, the reimbursement bonuses will be an immense amount of work for a practice to take on. A, a practice with just a few staff members would certainly not be equipped to really benefit from those types of programs. So um, I, I don't know, I, I sort of think about uh, being introduced to a practice's pay-for-performance department when I, when I think about that. So you, you want to find a company like Athena Health that has services that include finding those programs and proactively enrolling providers in those incentive programs. And uh, we actually also build required guidelines into the system so that providers can incorporate them into their regular care routines with their patients. So even the smallest medical practices can take advantage of programs like this. So let's talk a little bit about Athena's uh, EMR. Is it um, tap and click? Is it um, dictation-based? How does, how does yours work? In short, the answer is it's anything you want. The software component, and, and remember, there's sort of the, the, the mighty triumvirate of the product, which are software, knowledge, and work. The software component does have a, a, a web-based uh, user interface, 
providers can choose to use a tablet and click on the screen. Um, a provider can use a keyboard. A provider can use voice recognition. A provider can use handwriting recognition. They can dictate. They can even use paper templates, which staff or Athena can enter into uh, the system in a structured fashion. So we've attempted to build as flexible uh, an array of data acquisition methods as possible so that we can uh, meet the needs and the different styles of, of the different providers around the country. So the application itself is, uh, is very flexible when, when entering data. Well, I look forward to the future of the EMR field, and I hope many of the things we talked about this morning come true and that EMRs do pan out to be a friend and not a foe. I'd like to thank our guest, Kevin tolan Shepper. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell. You've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.